1: we got Paul Flannery of WEI.com who was there at the Garden to watch this and witness this and covers the Celtics in the NBA for WEI.com. It, it, it is amazing. All right, there's only one other player has, has done this, gone 15-15-15, uh, and Jason Kidd doing it twice. Magic Johnson has had a 17-17-17 game. But you're right. I mean, think about those names and think about those numbers.
0: Right. I mean, he's 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 completely unique. He's just a completely unique player. And, you know, I mean – when you step outside the realm of what we do and, you know, and we talk about this team and everything else, you just kind of have to appreciate the unique talent that he is. And every night when I come here, I'm always wondering what's Rondo going to do for good and bad sometimes.
1: Right. Uh, no, that, that's just it. And that's why there are these trade rumors.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's, you know, Rondo is the most talented player on the team. It's obvious. It's obvious, obvious, obvious. And this team is probably not going to win a championship. That's also obvious. So when that happens, the best player is often heard in trade talks and trade rumors and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I can say it more forcefully. I can say it as forcefully as Danny Ainge said it. They are not trying to trade him. They are are listening. They are not trying.
1: Yeah, which is understandable. And what also probably – I'd like your take, Paul. Would you be Mm -hmm. stunned? I mean, you're never stunned with anything the Celtics do. We know Danny Ainge has that M.O., but would you be stunned – if Rajon Rondo is traded before the deadline or or really this season? Because I think I would be, considering his market value right now.
0: I would be in the sense that there isn't anybody out there. And, you know, we already went through this with Chris Paul. You know, Chris Paul is a special player. He's a transcendent player. There's nobody out there. There's nobody out there you would trade this guy for. I mean, you're not getting Dwight Howard for him. You're not getting Darren Williams for him. And... It's just there is no one out there that would that you could that you could trade him for that's equal, and they're not gonna they're not gonna give him away.
1: No, and the the trade rumors to me, I I didn't like it. You know, straight up a a Rajon Rondo for Stephen Curry trade.
0: Yeah, that's actually uh, John. I'm glad you brought that one up. I've I've checked back on that one. That's old. That is left over from when they were pursuing Chris Paul and looking for a third team to get involved. That's where that came from. So you know that's that's not happening. And
1: that's an old one. All right. Uh, now, you know what else I liked about Rondo tonight as well? Uh, getting other player, We know he gets other players involved, but really waiting and, t- and waiting for that mismatch because there were so many times where there'd be a switch and the Celtics really pounded the Knicks in-, in those mismatch scenarios tonight. And a lot of that had to do with Rondo waiting and, and hesitating. I thought this was one of his best. I mean, this was just an amazing game. But right. his half-court game, his offensive half-court game and getting guys involved.
0: Yeah, you know, I saw, and you started to see signs of this against, against I guess it was Milwaukee on Wednesday, and then against New Jersey. But, you know, it's New Jersey, so you're not sure. And you, and you saw a lot more signs of it tonight, too, although there were some lulls where this team is starting to get reconnected again offensively. You know, Pierce had it going tonight. He got in the flow. It's great to see Pierce and Rondo have big nights on the same night. And, you know, Garnett's shooting percentage wasn't what it was, but you like him getting 22 shots and getting 18 points. You know, Ray was battling the flu. I think, you know, that was pretty easy mm-hmm. to tell but they seem to be in good rhythm tonight. In the half court, they got out and ran a lot. And that's, you know, and Bass too. You can't forget Brandon mm-hmm. Bass in this equation. He makes he makes such a huge difference for them offensively when he's on the court. So, it's I feel like it's starting to come together. I just don't, you know, I don't know how good that's going to be, but I feel like it's starting to come together for them.
1: Yeah, I have that same feel too where there was that disconnect. We know Paul Pierce struggled and in february and i think he only had one shot attempt in the second quarter i won't get into yeah. the second quarter which was just dreadful the rest oh, of the game horrible. the rest of the game was great but but uh pierce has got it going on uh, better and he seems more in rhythm of the offense mm-hmm. yeah
0: totally agree with that call john absolutely yeah.
1: and and what did you think about <laughs> you know it, typical it, it's isolation there paul pierce terrible <laughs> shot fall away 20 foot jump shot that he misses but then he hits that tough uh tough uh Somewhat contested three, I guess, but it was off balance with four seconds to go.
0: I mean, you know, heck of a shot, but horrible, horrible, horrible stuff down the stretch the last minute and a half by both teams, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, the execution was was, was dreadful. Why the Knicks don't foul when they're up three and the Celtics have their ball, have their backs to the basket and are not making an attempt to, you know, I mean, I would have fouled there
1: Mm, and and
0: prolonged the game. So just really bad execution a lot of the way around. You know, the Knicks took an unnecessary timeout. The Celtics didn't help their cause either. No, it was a terrible shot, and it was a fantastic shot all at the same time. It's just you know, it's just Pierce.
1: Celtics, I thought had a good game plan for uh, Jeremy Lin today. Really closing off some of those passing lanes and trapping him, especially at at the top. He struggled six turnovers. Baron Davis six turnovers. Their best guard today was Iman Shumpert. Uh yeah. what, what did you think about Lin today?
0: No, I thought I thought you're right. I thought they had a great. They said they didn't have a game plan, but I think they clearly did. You know, they were they were closing off those passing lanes. They're trying to make him play in traffic. They're trying to put big guys in front of him, disrupt his vision. And they did a great job. They did a really good job. And that's you know, a good defensive team can take a player out of a game. Miami did it to him a little bit differently. The Celtics did it tonight. And I thought they had a terrific plan and they executed it really, really well. So, you know, I mean and then you see you see these flashes, especially late in the game, what he can do. He's a good player. He's not a fluke. But the Celtics took care of them tonight, and that's, that was a big reason why they won.
1: Yeah, the Sticks team, to me, is very interesting. In fact, the Atlantic Division, who ends up in first? I keep flip-flopping back and forth. It's between the three, yeah. uh, the Knicks, 76ers, and Celtics. I guess right now, who do you think has the best shot? And, and also, that's really important because you could be, you could possibly, potentially whoever wins that, be the fourth seed.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big deal. And you know, the Celtics really wanted this game. Doc they, they, came out and said it. they wanted this game. Now they're up 2-1 in the season series. They're looking at that tiebreaker. They wanted it. And it's funny. I actually made a bet with somebody on press row that the Sixers would still win the division. I bet a whole dollar. So you know how confident
1: I'm feeling in that, in that call. Hey, that's a lot to um, you and me, by the way.
0: Yeah, I know. Seriously. <laughs> I'm not sure. You know, I think this, this West Coast trip, uh, it's really good right now that the Celtics are putting together this winning streak when they got these home games right out of the break. They have to do it. It's good. Because this West Coast trip is going to be a killer. And, uh, you know, let's see where they are, you know, late March. Before we, before it's, but right now it's too, it's too tough to tell. I still think Philly's got the best shot, but it's too tough to tell.
1: Yeah, it is really tough to tell. And this Knicks team, you look at the the names; they have a ton of depth on this team. Yeah. I mean, the bench, and and that's one area really where the Knicks on the Celtics forty five to fifteen in, in, in bench scoring. But you you wonder if the, there's still some time left here in the season, and people forget, well, Jeremy Lin hasn't played much basketball. Not only has he not played much NBA basketball, hasn't played much with Carmelo Anthony. So you have a feel they're still trying to figure things out there with, with uh, that team. But with that depth there, Paul, don't you think – they're one of the deepest teams, and if they put it together, uh, could make some potential noise depending where they finish.
0: Yeah, kind of overnight, really, yeah. when you look at it. I mean – and it's funny how it developed, too, because, you know, they brought Baron Davis back, and he's, he's okay. And they signed J.R. Smith, and Jeremy Lin got his chance. He's doing what he's doing. And Steve Novak got a chance to play because other guys were hurt. And now he's a now, – now he's a, he's a, sorry, they're, they're moving stuff
1: around back there. That's here. fine.
0: And he's a contributing player. And you're right. All of a sudden, they're very deep. I think they're very interesting. And I thought Carmelo had a really good game tonight. I thought he moved well without the ball. And if they, can, if they can figure this out, if they can figure out how to use Carmelo and Amare in that bench – they're definitely a dangerous team in the playoffs, no
1: question. Yeah, they figure out their offense, but what about their defense? Can they bring that on a nightly basis or a more consistent basis?
0: Yeah, they have been. You know, tonight was tonight was a little bit different, um, not kind of an anomaly, but they have been really. And Tyson Chandler is a big reason for that. Uh, the Celtics and Knicks is this matchup in the last couple of years. It seems to become take on an offensive flavor for both teams, but you know, I I think the Knicks defense is better than people think
1: and that's pretty much Tyson Chandler. But other guys seem to be buying in a little bit. Yep. I mean, even uh, I even saw Carmelo Anthony at, in a mismatch, but even playing Kevin Garnett tough, which was uh, mildly surprising. So it seems like they've changed a little bit.
0: Yeah, you know, I really, I'm really, i I'm a huge believer in that in this league, that when you have a guy who's going to set the tone defensively, it gives guys no other choice but to buy in. And a lot of times it's easy to not have to buy in if it's not stressed and not emphasized and all that kind of stuff. And a guy like Chandler is is one of the most underrated players in the league, I think. And, you know, if he's doing it and he's setting that tone, then there's no excuse not to.
1: You would think no matter what, though, Paul, that, um, you know, I know Jermaine O'Deal with the wrist. I would think this would be their – I know they lose the points with Bass, but this starting five going forward for the Celtics.
0: I love it. And the reason I love it is because Kevin Garnett's playing five. And all of a sudden he's a a fast five. He's one of the fastest centers in the league right now. He doesn't like it. I asked him that on Friday night. I asked him if he had a preference And he actually said that he does not like it, which was kind of surprising because, you know, Kevin is the ultimate team guy. And, of course, he followed that up by saying, I'll do whatever they want me to do. But, you know, right now he's faster than these other guys. And in a pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop game, centers are going to have to try to go out there and, and grab him. Now you're opening up the floor. You're doing all kinds of fun stuff. So if they can rebound, which is a huge if, if they can rebound with those two guys, I lo- I really like this lineup. Yeah, I, I do, really too. I
1: yeah, and, and and that point right there that you just made the biggest, th- that they don't want to go out there, you know, 16, 18 feet, a lot of these yep. centers, and, and go out there and chase them, and you're right, and that opens things up. And also, quietly, you know, I, I, th- I think really an under-the-radar season for Kevin Garnett, very solid. I know he missed some shots today, and Rondo missed some layups. Those were the down part of the, of the afternoon, but – Garnett now, Paul, with three straight t- st- double doubles. Uh, six of his last seven games with a double double. Uh, yep. Uh, do you think that he's getting enough credit for the season he's had so far?
0: I hope so. I mean, I wrote about that last week. That mm-hmm. he is—he has been really good. And you know what? He's missed one game because of an injury. What entertained questions on that subject? The Celtics. You know, they want no part of it. He's had a really good year, and you know, forty-one minutes or whatever he played tonight is too much, but. But 30 minutes a night, he is still an excellent, excellent player, and I, he's you know he's the backbone. He always will be. He always will be.
1: You know, I won't ask you this again because the texters mm. they, they don't like the in-game, the basketball stuff. I don't think as much. They just want the trade rumors. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm not going to ask you this for the rest of the week when we're on together. Whenever no, we're that's on, fun. Uh, Dwight, Dwight Howard. What, what do you think? I know he's holding pretty much everything up. What do you think happens there?
0: I think he goes to New Jersey, and. The question is, does it happen before March 15th, or does it happen after the season?
1: Yep. And
0: and I think so. You know, that's why people want to bring up this Darren Williams fantasy for the Celtics. No, it's not happening because the Nets think they're getting Dwight.
1: And uh, Pau Gasol, do you think he's moved to the Lakers? Do anything? Um, He's
0: out there. He's a, not here. He's not coming here. But he, his name is out there. He is out there. They're looking. I heard one uh, Minnesota that might make some sense. They've got a point guard. They've got some forwards.
1: Uh,
0: you know, it'd be tough to give up but to give up that guy, but he he is definitely out there.
1: And uh, lastly, a team that not too many people pay attention to, but uh, a team that's really interesting. And I know a team that you've brought up with a lot of potential uh, trade scenarios: the Houston Rockets. Or mm-hmm. the are the next uh, matchup on Tuesday night, uh, two very under the radar players in Scola and uh, Lowry.
0: I love Kyle Lowry. He's one of my favorite players. And I had the advantage of watching him a little bit in high school when I was, when I was in Philly. He's a Philly kid. And he played a Villanova tough kid. Really, he's, he's sort of like, he's a lot like Rondo. You know, um, kind of, he's an undersized rebounding force, gets guys involved. He's tough, physical. Um, I really like Kyle Lowry. He's one of my favorite players in the league. And, and you know, I'm really happy for him that he's, he's he's having this success. Houston's a good team. They're a good team. They're deep. They've got some players. And they can get up and down a little bit. I think they're an interesting team to watch at the deadline though because they've got a lot of players and nobody really on a huge contract. So they can make a lot of things work. They can jump in there as a third team. They could they could be a they could be an active, active player at the deadline.
1: Yeah. It, really this week I, I think this is a fascinating week with the matchups and the games that the Celtics have. And I think one of their more uh, difficult weeks, don't you? Paul? Because they've yeah. got Houston, then Philly for the first time, which is a surprise. They finally great. they finally face Philly in Philly, and then Portland, which is which is talented but completely uh, not playing up to up to their level or up to where they should be. Yeah, and they then, got problems. And then and then the Lakers in Los Angeles on Sunday,
0: followed by the Clippers on Monday night. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, it's a great week. It's a great week, and I think that's why you know you you want to think the Celtics are are getting into a good groove here. You want to think they're on the start of something good. This next week is going to tell us an awful lot, you know, and they've had these four- and five-game runs before. This next week is going to tell us a lot because if they can beat Philly, if they can beat some of these teams, you know, we'll see. We'll see. It's, yeah, I, I, I never, ever, ever count this team out. As it's, it's, uh, Somebody's friend of mine from one of the, one of the, uh, the national sites said to me today, he said, he said, you know what, I'll believe they're dead when I see the bodies.
1: Yeah. No, that's, <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's the right. M.O. I mean, it is true. With the Celtics and the Lakers, you've got to almost take that. Uh, mm-hmm. take that approach. Well, excellent yeah. stuff as always, Paul. Really appreciate it. All right, John, in touch. All right. Paul Flannery does a great job for WeEI.com. You can follow him at tw- on Twitter at PFlans. You can follow me on Twitter if you want, at John D. Ryder. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could
0: conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit
1: HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.